ACLA, hope this finds you well this week. Um, as you may know, or may, you may not know, we've kind of changed the way that we are going to be doing our services for the summer as a bit of a trial run. And so we're going to be having our part A of a series or a sermon on Sunday morning live. It'll be about 20 minutes uh, after worship. And then we're actually going to have a time of community afterwards from 11 to 11.30, as long as Tim or myself don't go late in our sermon. Uh, that is the goal so that we can create a space for those of you who maybe have families and you're super busy and maybe even small groups during the week is hard for you to get community that way. We want to create a space for everyone to be able to connect, especially after the season that we've been in. Um, we're still running children's ministry throughout that time. So you're going to be kids free if you're parents, which is always ideal if you're trying to have serious conversations with people. Um, and so that's what we're doing. And so this is part B of what I spoke on last Sunday, part A, um, and that's going to be online as well. If you missed last Sunday, you can go back and watch that. Um, so pretty much the part Bs are going to be just a little bit of extended conversation for those of you who are looking for a little bit more on the topic that Tim or myself or whoever is speaking may be discussing on. And so this is what we have today. And so if you missed part A, first off, I encourage you to go listen to it. But essentially what I talked about was that just what does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to be CLA in the community of Killarney Glengarry that we find it. I talked about the market that we had last week, which was amazing and it was so much fun. And we saw, we heard and saw so many great things that happened through it. And I just kind of discuss uh, what, why we do that? Why are we doing that? Why are we going out into the community, having markets, Chris Stampy breakfasts, all these different things that we do um, and the importance of that. And to kind of maybe redirect and refine our vision for what we're going to be doing at CLA and what the heart to transform the community looks like. And so again, go watch that if you feel you desire so, but I'm going to extend the talk today and I'm going to just talk about uh, what, again, what does it mean to be the church? And I really, this is something that is kind of growing in me. And if I'm not going to lie, it's not something that naturally would come to me. Outreach and those different things aren't naturally my gift set. Um, and I remember when I was at ministry school, I would get words from people all the time that would be like, you're an evangelist. Like that is your calling. You're supposed to go out and you're going to, you're going to preach the gospel to everyone on the streets and strangers and all these things. And for a while I did step into that role and I saw beautiful, amazing things happen when I did, but it wasn't a natural thing that came to me. And so this is something that I feel like maybe the Lord is reigniting in my own life, just a passion um, and a desire and just a clarity on what it actually looks like to do outreach well and how it looks like healthily done. And so I'm going to talk about uh, the ecclesia today. So if you don't know what that word is, ecclesia, that's the Greek word that is used for church. Um, sometimes I like to just use the Greek word A because it makes me sound a lot smarter and B sometimes it, it, it takes away the parameters and the different notions that we've put on the English word and it kind of starts us afresh. So that's why I like to do that. Um, so the ecclesia, and we're going to talk about even ecclesiology, which if you don't, if you didn't get it, that's the study of the theology of the church. So theology as applied to the nature and the structure of the Christian church. So twofolds, nature and structure. And for me, I believe that the structure of the Christian church is something that is constantly moving, it's constantly changing, it's constantly being refined and transformed. And the way that we do things and the way that we do outreach and the way that we do worship and the way that we commune with one, with one another is constantly changing and shifting based on the culture that we live in, based on the city, the location, 
based on the beliefs that we have as a collective. All those different things are shifting and moving as technology comes out, as knowledge comes out, as all these different things come out. Um, it's something that we are constantly just refining and moving around. And then we also have the, the nature of the church. And this is something that I don't believe changes. It's not something that changes with culture. It's not something that changes with the time or the city or the location that we find ourselves in. But the nature of the church is to take up the self-sacrificial love of Jesus and pour it out into the world. That's what I believe the nature of the church is supposed to be. It's to be a place that transforms us from the inside out so that we can go out and transform people from the inside out. And that may look very different on the approach and the method with how we do those things, but the nature is that we would take up our crosses and we would follow Jesus' example as he laid it out for us in scripture of what does it look like to be a Christian, to be a follower of the way of God. And I 100% believe that that is something that will never change uh, as long as we're alive and as long as the earth is alive itself. And so what does the ecclesia, what is that called to? What, do, what are we, when we're talking about the church, what is something that we're going forward? And so... For me, I just I, I, I say that I say that the ecclesia is called to hospitality, it's called to engagement, and it's called to friendship. And here's the here's the big point for me that I'm going to speak on a lot today. It says beyond the boundaries of our own like-mindedness. So the ecclesia is called to hospitality, engagement, and friendship beyond the boundaries of our own like-mindedness. And so uh, I, I, I believe that a true church, a true ecclesia was never meant to be a collective of people that all believe the exact same thing, that all react to situations in the exact same way, that all have the same humor, they like the same jokes, they like to do things the same way, they like to worship the same way, they like the cer certain preachers exactly the same and, and expressions and communication. I don't believe that that is what the church was ever supposed to be. I believe that we were, we're supposed to go beyond our own like-mindedness and seek diversity and seek difference of thought and seek difference of expression and seek different humor and different ways of living our lives and different enjoyments and different hobbies and all these things that we find ourselves exploring as human beings through the whole experience that we have in life. We're called to be a diverse group as the Ecclesia. And so... A lot of my, my friends, my closest friends, they don't believe the same things that I do. They don't have the same humor a lot of the times, even though oftentimes I think we like to gravitate towards those that may be similar. And so that's why I believe the church has kind of created carbon copies of itself everywhere that it goes. And I think the true, the true litmus test of health is if you can walk into a church and you can see an 18 year old and an 80 year old worshiping God and probably having a completely different perspective on life um, based on life experience and the way they were raised and different things. But at the end of the day, they're coming under one canvas, under one covering and they're saying, God, we're giving it all to you. I don't agree with this person on this subject. I believe differently on this way with this person but we're going after the same thing and we're going past our own single-mindedness and we're going and engaging in diversity, in different thought, in different conversation. And so that brings me to something that's going to be released a lot later in the fall of just something that's on my heart is 
creating a group for diverse thinkers and for diversity and for conversation that I find lacking in a lot of church, if not most church environments. And so that's something that we're going to be talking about later on in the summer. And I'm super excited for, and that's on my heart. Um, but for now, we need to, we need to focus on diversity and we need to stop trying to get people to think the exact same way as us, because in all the conversations that I have with my friends who have walked away from the church or walked away from God or are they're, they're burnt out. They all, a lot of the theme is the same thing is that they, the church didn't allow for me to think the way that I wanted to think. And the church took me and said, we need to make you a mini Cody Stovey. We need to make you a mini CLA uh, DNA. We need to invoke our DNA into you so that you look exactly like us. You sing exactly like us. You act the same way as us and then we can all get along together because it's going to be a lot easier to deal with each other if we all are on this like we sit we think the same way and I couldn't I think that's the furthest thing from what the gospel looks like and I think the 12 disciples and Jesus closest friends probably all had very different personality types and had very different ways of looking at things and responses to situations but they were all friends and they all had the common goal of furthering the kingdom of heaven. And so I want to quote for you, from you, for you from a man named Jeff Turner. He says, if my Christianity motivates me to win souls, attempt miracles, preach on street corners, wear out Bibles, and speak in tongues until I run out of syllables, but also encourages me to abandon lifelong friends when it becomes apparent that we disagree on a point of doctrine, I don't believe for a moment that Christianity is what I have. And this is a very harsh and just a real kick in the gut kind of quote, but I, I agree with it. I think if we have all of these things, that, and, I, and that's not saying that all of the things in the list, attempting miracles, preaching on street corners, all those things are negative. But at the end of the day, if you're doing these things and your friend comes to you and says, hey, I, I'm struggling with this in my life, or I'm doubting this, and your automatic response is to push them away because you want like-mindedness and you don't want diversity, then I would argue that the way of Christ hasn't fully infiltrated your heart yet. And that sounds spicy and controversial, sure. But again, as I say, lots of weeks, that's what I'm here for. I just want, I want us to start thinking about this. Um, why are we pushing people away that think differently instead of embracing them in, in the difference, in the difficulty, in the diversity? And through that refinement of conversation, actually growing closer together and growing closer with God. And so this mentality is the, is the only reason that we have denominations in church in the first place. And I, I haven't even looked at the statistics lately, but lately, but I don't know how many denominations there are that claim to be Christians now, 50,000, maybe, I don't know, I'm guessing, but at least that, but that's all because of this mentality of, oh, you you think that baptism should be an immersion, but I think it should be a sprinkle. Or you think that whatever doctrinal issue you can get, you, you have an example of, and we all know them. I'm gonna, I'm doing my own thing, and I'm gonna have a church split, and we're, I'm gonna get all my friends who think the same way as me. You guys think that different way. You can go make your own church, or you can stay in this church, and we're gonna go make our own church and our own denomination, and we're gonna do our own thing because that's a lot easier for us to do. But the way of Christ is to look at our differences and to embrace one another and to go beyond the scope of single-mindedness and to embrace each other in friendship, in wholeness, in relationship. And so it's easy because we want to be comfortable. 
We want to avoid that refinement. We want to avoid difficulty and difference because it's not, excuse me, something that comes naturally. Do I want to go out and have a conversation with someone about movies and they're all they talk about is Marvel movies? No. And I'm a bit of a film snob. I think Marvel movies, they're okay. You know, they they do what they do. They have the same story arc in every single one. And if that's what you like, that's amazing. But if you want to talk about Marvel movies all the time, and I don't like that, it's not natural for me to want to talk about movies with you. But again, what are we doing? If, if maybe that's the only point of interest that we can come to where, you know, that's something that you have a passion for the way of Jesus looks like going past my beliefs about Marvel movies or my uh, reservations about them and saying, Hey, I see your interest and your passion. Like, I love that. Tell me more about your passion. Tell me more about why you like them or the character development of these things. And out of that place is where we get the refinement. It's where we get the intimacy because you're no longer pushing someone aside, but you're inviting them in. And I, I'm interested a lot of in the last year with philosophy and I mean there's a lot to know about philosophy and that's a never-ending thing but in the ancient Greek world there were three main schools of philosophical thought you had the Epicureans you had the Stoics and you had the Cynics and so the Cynics entire job was to constantly critique the other two schools of thought so the, the schools of thought would come up with an idea hey this is probably what existence means but the cynic's job was to constantly just ask them, okay, why, why, or what about this, or bring in a different angle for what may be a problem with the belief that they come up with. And because of that differing thought that the cynics brought, it actually forced the Stoics and the Epicureans and the other minor schools of thought to, to refine what they believed to a point where it was actually so excellent that they, it became really hard to refute. It actually strengthened their arguments, having someone with a different opinion who is constantly trying to get them to think differently. And I think that's something that the church, the ecclesia could learn is let's invite people to criticize us, so to speak. What are we doing wrong? Um, well, how are we doing outreach incorrectly? How does it make it, how is it actually making people feel? Um, how is worship? What is our expression? What are people expecting from that? How can we do that differently? How can I communicate? How can Tim communicate differently to you in different ways so that we can begin to refine and, and, and diversify and change our structure, um, but not our nature. And so it says, you know, in Matthew 28, 19, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Um, and I think oftentimes when we read this verse that we want to disciple people to become disciple, our, we want our disciples, the people we're discipling to become little carbon copies of us. Like if I'm, if I'm discipling a youth or if I'm on the street and I, you know, lead someone to the Lord and I start discipling them, I want them to automatically start thinking the way that I think. Oh, you need to view Jesus this way because this is an experience I had six years ago and God revealed himself to me in that way. And so now you need to believe that even though you haven't even had that experience that I had six years ago. And there's an automatic um, thing in our heart that wants to bring people to the place that we're at, but we forget that everybody is in a journey and they're in a process in their own way, in their own wherever they're at. Um, and it may, maybe they'll have that experience and they'll see God that way, but it might be three years from now. And it might not even be from my own hands or my own words that I speak to them. 
And so I need to actually give trust to the Holy Spirit that he's going to do in their life what he needs to do. And obviously I'm going to have open hands and be a conduit and be a voice and the hands and feet of God to the extent that I can. But I need to get rid of and eradicate that mentality where I'm trying to create them to be exactly the same way that I am. Because the church doesn't need another Cody Stobie. The church needs another one of you, whoever it is that may be watching this. The church needs what you carry. The church needs your gifts, your abilities, the things that come naturally to you, your humor, your hobbies, the things that make bring you fulfillment and enjoyment. The church needs that from you. It doesn't need you to copy someone else's thing. Um, and so that's kind of the main point of this part B that we have is let's start. And obviously this isn't something that's going to come overnight. We're not going to wake up next Sunday morning and all of us are going to embrace our diversity and completely do whatever we do. But I think being conscious of it and, and realizing, Hey, maybe I've actually been trying to be something that I'm not supposed to be, or maybe I'm trying to take people and create them into myself. Um, and I've, I've forgotten the nature of the church and I've forgotten that we need to look past single-mindedness and pursue friendship and pursue these things together as a church. And honestly, even Tim and myself, we have lots of different opinions and different hobbies and obviously Tim loves renovation and, and home improvement and, and hard labor. And I um, have pretty much lost all of the calluses on my hands because I haven't worked out in quite a while since COVID. So very opposite interests, different things, even theologically, we disagree with things. But Tim and I are still very close friends and we're still engaged and we've still taken up the nature of the church to provide self-sacrificial love of Jesus to those that are in front of us. And it may look different and Tim may pastor people differently than I do and he may go about situations differently than I do, but that's the beauty of diversity is that some people need a Tim and some people need a Cody and some people need what you carry. And so let's go forward as a church and embrace the diversity and embrace the expression. And even in worship, like I love how at CLA there are different expressions, but if you want to lay down and just soak in before the Lord during service, do it. If you want to sit down, if you want to stand up, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to wave a flag, if you want to dance, if you want to sing, if you want to remain silent, whatever it looks like for you, um, what you be you. Worship the way that you need to worship in that moment. And let's be authentic to ourselves. Because an authentic church, the, the, the world around us that we hear so much of that's leaving the church and that's getting burnt by the church, they're not looking for another new, hip, cool, sexy church with fog and the lights and the, the amazing like excellence that you know a lot of churches have come to strive for. That, that's not going to bring them back to the church. What's going to bring them back to church is authenticity. They're going to come through the doors and they're going to say, hey, everyone's actually embodying themselves and they're being real with themselves and where they're at. And they're not trying to mold each other into another into each other and they're being real to themselves. That is what's going to be attractive to those people. So CLA, my, my plea to us is let's start going in this direction. Let us start um, being authentic to ourselves, being authentic to CLA. Let's reach this neighborhood, the city of Calgary, through authenticity, not through some, you know, whatever, performance or something that looks cool, but let's be real and let's be honest with each other and where we're at in our journeys. And let's be the ecclesia uh, to the community that's around us. So God, uh, I just pray for those of us that are watching or maybe listening, whenever it may be that you're watching or listening to this, I pray that 
this would be a cry of CLA's heart? Would this be something that we would be known for? Would this be a banner over CLA is that we would be authentic? God, that we would look past single-mindedness and we would actually ex- uh, we accept and we encourage diversity. Diversity of thought, diversity of all of these different things that you can be diverse in. Would we embrace those things and through that, the embracing and the stewarding of those things well, would, it, would the people come? Not so that we can stack our numbers or stack our finances, but that people could be transformed by your love, God, in an authentic and real way. Because it's it shaped my life and it shaped so many of the lives of the people that are watching. So Holy Spirit, I pray again that you would just come and you would move and refine and transform. Would you remove anything that is not supposed to be there in our hearts or maybe that is causing offense or affliction? Um, And would you add your love? Would you add your joy? Would you add your peace to us so that we would just be fully sent forward to be ourselves authentically, to, to increase and expand the kingdom of heaven astoundedly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I hope you all have a great week. Um, We're going to be back again Sunday, 10 a.m. We have online and in-person services. So feel free to tune in or to come in person. We would encourage you to do that. Restrictions are lifted. We have coffee and and pastries again. Um, So excited to see you soon. Bless you. Goodbye.